When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Alert Podcast. With as always, I am your host, Andrew Ledman. I'm Ryan Bonaparte. Today, we are talking football, football, football. Uh, we got the NFL Draft, which was concluded this weekend. And then we've got the Transfer Portal, which, as of right now, at the time of our recording, is still open for another three hours and 40 minutes. So <laughs> we're going to talk about who is in and who is out at Purdue football. But keep in mind, uh, given that it is still open as of our recording, this may not be a final list. So uh, wanted to just put that out at the top so everybody knows this is not definitive. But uh, Ryan, we haven't had a question for a couple weeks. I've got what I think is going to be a pretty easy Purdue-centric question for you. Okay. All right. You're aware, of course, of the delicious diner, the Triple X. Uh, yes, yes. Been there a time or two? Uh, a couple times. Yeah. yeah. So, my question, how do you feel about the Dwayne Purvis peanut butter burger? Yes or no? Yes to the burger. But if any of that peanut butter comes off that burger and gets on my fries, the meal is ruined. <laughs> okay, I respect that. But you're going to get it everywhere because it's so hot and melty. Yes, and I usually avoid it for that. Fact. Gotcha. Like, I'm fine with it. It doesn't overpower the burger. Peanut butter is fine. It's just if any of it comes off, it's an issue. And I'm not the cleanest eater, but I'm not super sloppy. So I can usually, I usually ask for another dish. The last time I got it, I asked for another uh, dish for my fries. Well, aren't you just a fancy boy? I mean, I, I, I can't have it touch my fries. <laughs> Okay, nope. so if you order the Purvis, do you get anything else on it other than the cheese and the peanut butter? Mm, no. Good. Um, that is the correct answer, yeah, no. because if you'll recall, when Triple X was on Diners, Drive-In, and Dives, he got mm-hmm. the Purvis with like the lettuce and the tomato on it, and he hated it. But to me, <laughs> the problem is the lettuce and the tomato. You gotta go just the burger, the cheese, and the peanut butter, and that's how you get the perfection of the Purvis. Okay. See, the the lettuce is less offensive to me to put on it, so I'd be okay if you got cheese, peanut butter, and lettuce. It's the tomatoes. You get that acid with the peanut butter, that doesn't seem like a good combination. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get lettuce or tomato on a burger regardless. 
Uh, it's just not okay. for me. But I feel like with the with the peanut butter, it's just you got to make a decision. Are you having a burger that's like traditional, or are you having a peanut butter burger? Because if you want the <laughs> peanut butter burger, just get rid of the lettuce and tomato and go all out. Um, so yeah. I, I think that's my recommendation for anybody who's not been to Triple X or who's not had the Purvis burger. Um, that that's just you know it's top notch, uh, top notch food science right there. Mm-hmm, for sure, love it. Um, one more food uh, food science. I'm currently okay. drinking the new Mountain Dew flavor, Mountain Dew Summer what? Freeze. Okay. Uh, quite delicious. Uh, it tastes like a Rocket Pop. Okay. I'm pretty sure I know what a Rocket Pop is. That's the uh, red, white, and blue popsicle. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. It's uh, it's very good. Uh, probably will be drinking more at the Fourth of July. So, uh, there you go. There's my two recommendations at the top: <laughs> Dwayne Purvis Burger, No Lettuce and Tomato. And Mountain Dew Summer Freeze. Give it a taste. So, not Peeps flavored either. No, not, not this time. Although, although a Peeps flavored Mountain Dew, I'm interested. You're just giving them free ideas. Yeah, I really shouldn't. You know, I'm. I they're going to wow. take this idea next Easter. I'm going to be out millions of dollars. <laughs> All right. So the NFL draft started last Thursday uh, and ended yesterday. There were five, count them, one, two, three, four, five Purdue Boilermakers taken in the NFL draft, which was the most since 2004, since my freshman year at Purdue. <laughs> it's just wild uh, that it's been that long since we've had five Boilermakers taken in the NFL draft. So uh, great day over, great, well, great few days overall for the <laughs> Purdue Boilermakers um, on the national stage, five te- five players drafted, five different teams. Um, so, Ryan, of the five Boilermakers drafted, who was the one picked first off the board? First off the board was Chuck Sizzle Charlie Jones nice. in the fourth round, the 131st pick. And, and like where said, where is Charlie Jones making his new home? Cincinnati. He's All going right. to be a Cincinnati Bengal with T. Higgins and Joey Burrow. Joey B. Yep. So that's going to be an interesting combo. That ooh, Joey Burrow just gets all the fun weapons. He does. I mean, honestly, it's a really great spot for a wide receiver. Um, mm-hmm. And he won't even be the only Purdue Boilermaker on that team, um, assuming, you know, he goes through and makes the squad because Marcus Bailey um, mm-hmm. is, is on there. the Bengals and is still there. He was drafted, what, two years ago? Um, yes. So no three. Oh, okay. 2020. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> so, like you know, he won't even, won't even be the only Boilermaker there. Granted, they had no overlap because of course, Charlie Jones came over from Iowa, but man, you know, great story for Charlie Jones comes up mm-hmm. after being a walk on at Iowa for a little while because of a transfer and then not getting used comes over to Purdue. And then we all know what he did last year with an, becoming an all American at the wide receiver position, just an absolutely mm-hmm. dominating year. Um, and now he found himself drafted, and you can you can guarantee this would not have happened had he stayed at Iowa. Nope, he may be the poster child for the uh, transfer portal. Absolutely, that's for sure. absolutely. At least in the you know in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like he made his entire career in one season at Purdue. He's the same guy, same player. We just yep. used him, and Iowa didn't. Yep. So I wonder if he'll be a special teams guy 
at first with the Bengals as well, if they'll make him the, the punt returner or even a kickoff returner. Yeah, I mean, he did some of that at Purdue, of course. I mean, and at Iowa. That was really what he was known for more at Iowa as a right. return specialist. Um, again, because they just didn't use him because mm-hmm. nepotism runs wild at Iowa. Um, and Brian Ferentz yes. uh, somehow still has a job. But, it, you know, I'm sure if you're Charlie Jones, you'll do whatever you got to do to stick in the NFL and get yourself that contract. So uh, mm-hmm. I think you've, you're onto something there. I wouldn't be surprised to see him doing punt returns or kick returns, at least – you know, in his first season, and maybe he'll be able to stick around um, at the wide receiver position because we've clearly seen what he can do. I mean, All-American at the receiver position, runs great mm-hmm. routes, great hands, not the speediest guy in the world, but he's not slow by any means. Right. Yeah, so absolutely, as you said, uh, do whatever you can to stay on an NFL roster, make the big boy money, and go from there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, kudos to him. Great spot for him, I think. Um Excellent offense there in Cincinnati. And they've, they've got some really good-looking uniforms, if you're into that. Um, mm-hmm. If you're looking to buy a Charlie Jones jersey, uh, they've got mm-hmm. some really nice versions over there. I know the, the all-white is kind of... Uh, people love it or hate it, um, but I, I think that's a pretty cool-looking jersey. So if you're looking for a Charlie Jones jersey, you might have some options coming up uh, this coming season. Yeah, yep, now, for sure. Who was next off the board for our Boilermakers? Yeah, four picks after Charlie Jones was his quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, uh, in the fourth round as well, to the Las Vegas Raiders. He and they, joined the quarterback room, Jimmy Garoppolo right. and Brian Hoyer. And and the Raiders actually traded up to get him. Yep. So, I mean, with Jimmy G getting injured as often as he does, <laughs> right? and Brian Hoyer's kind of a wild card, yeah, you, Brian might Hoyer, you, know. see, you might see uh, Aiden O'Connell get some play time. Yeah, some I, th- I thought of that too. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously a very talented quarterback, going to try to be the franchise quarterback now in Las Vegas, but he has had some real problems with the injury bug um, ever since mm-hmm. he, was been, he has been in San Francisco, so... It'll be interesting to see if he can stay healthy, and it almost is like another yet another story of Aiden O'Connell starting low on the depth chart and trying to work his way up. I mean, we remember at Purdue he started out what sixth in the de- on the depth chart, um, mm-hmm. and then due to injuries, transfers, um, other things, you know, just surpassing a couple guys, he wound up as the starter. Um, former walk on came on and became one of I think actually the most accurate passer in Purdue history. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't count Aiden O'Connell out by any means. Um, you know, he's going to struggle with mobility in the NFL, going right. against, obviously, such uh, talented and athletic players on the defensive end. But if he's got a good offensive line around, around him, I mean, he can sling the ball. So uh, he's not a guy I would ever count out, given his history. Yeah, and it never hurts to throw the ball to Devontae Adams. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, I think that it would be he might have sort of like a career arc similar to David Blau, where you may start as a, you know, backup, backup, backup. And then eventually you get your shot and people kind of see, okay, you've been able to play this whole time. But, you know, obviously it's a difficult path to become a starter or even a backup in the NFL. Right. I think Aiden O'Connell has clearly shown he has the drive to keep moving forward and advancing his career, so the sky's the limit for AOC. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting because you're, you're going to play in Las Vegas for the Raiders, which on, on the one hand, you're like, okay, you know, pretty cool place to live. You always got stuff to do, always got stuff going on. Not really sure Aiden O'Connell is the kind of guy that's going to, you know, take <laughs> advantage of the nightlife of Las Vegas, uh, given what we know of him. But, hey... You know, newly married man. I'm sure he's gonna be gonna be happy uh, to start building a family there in Las Vegas. Uh, but also, the unfortunate thing is, uh, you're you have to play for the Raiders, and you know the uh, the ownership of the Raiders questionable at best, uh, especially yeah. in the haircut department. <laughs> but you can just see Aiden O'Connell growing a full like handlebar mustache, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely could. Yeah. Yeah, go full Fu Manchu. That would that would certainly be interesting. Uh, I I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, I don't I don't think anybody would say his previous facial hair was was uh, good looking by any means. So he he certainly doesn't have um, doesn't have a history of making the best choices. I think with his facial hair. So maybe if he does it again. This one will look good, maybe you know, just by, just by the odds. Maybe he'll have a, have a good looking facial hair. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> All right, that is two boilermakers off the board. Who is number this, three? Well, this one I'm sure you're the most excited about. Okay, it is Payne Durham going in the fifth round, pick one seventy one to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, I was I was very excited. Very excited. Uh, for those that don't know, I am a huge Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. All goes back to my love of Micah Allstott uh, and him heading to Tampa Bay. Uh, and that's kind of how I, I got roped into being a Buccaneers fan. A lot of years of heartbreak as a Buccaneers fan. But, uh, you know, two sweet, sweet Super Bowl victories. Uh, the, the most recent one, of course, with Tom Brady, which was something I never thought I would say. Um, but here we are. And... Uh, you know, the Buccaneers have room for a good tight end if they can find one. Um, yep. You know, they, they of course, they had Gronk for a few years there with, uh, with Brady, and then Gronk retired for the second time, I think it was. And, you know, they didn't really have the same kind of weapons last year with Gronk gone. Um, so he definitely is going to have an opportunity to come in um, and find a roster spot at that tight end position because the Tampa Bay offense, they love, love to have um, tight ends who can catch the ball. Um, they're asked to block, of course, just like every tight end is, um, but they love the pass-catching tight end more so than they do the big, burly, uh, blocking tight end. And Payne Durham, you know, he can block his a fair share, but um, he's definitely known more as a receiving threat out of the tight end position. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think uh, he's got, I would say this is probably one of the best fits of the Purdue players drafted um, just because the way Tampa Bay runs their offense, as you said, that tight end heavy offense can be. Um, So Payne Durham, I can see him probably putting on a little bit of weight for this um, role, but um, even if he doesn't, he might be able to sort of Try doing the Darren Waller approach where you have a lighter tight end where it's almost like a half tight end, half wide receiver. I know offensive love that now because the more your the more your players catch the ball, the better. So Yeah. Yeah. Definitely some options, Shane Durham. And I'm sure 
NFL coaches are going to tell him what they want them him to do. Right, right. Yeah, and I mean, in the offseason, uh, the Bucks got rid of uh, Cameron Brait, who was one of their tight ends. Uh, they now just have Cade Otten um, as their starter. And if you look at the depth chart for Tampa Bay at the tight end position, um, Payne Durham has actually slotted into the number two slot there. Um, and, you know, Tampa Bay does run the occasional two tight end set. So, I mean, he, he's setting himself up to, to have the opportunity to play at his, you know, desired position from, from the jump. Um, so mm-hmm. I do think it is a great, great uh, situation for him. The only problem, Tom Brady's not there anymore. Uh, nope, so no, he's not. It is Baker Mayfield's show, and, you know, I'm a Bucks fan, Ooh. so I'm I'm going to try to be as positive about it as I can. Baker Mayfield, an incredibly talented uh, quarterback, but just, you know, he got stuck in Cleveland, and that's never good for anybody. And, I don't want to get stuck in there. <laughs> and now now he's found himself a second home in Tampa Bay um, as they as they struggled after, you know, finding out that Brady was, was gone for good this time. And we'll see how it works out. Um you know, there's a lot of good weapons on that Tampa Bay team. They've got Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin. They're both still there. We will mm-hmm. see uh, how things shake out at that quarterback position. Baker Mayfield definitely going to be the starter because the backup is Kyle Trask. And if you're asking yourself, who is Kyle Trask? Um, you are not alone. So, uh, what? what'd you say? University of Florida? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He was drafted in 2021 in the second round. Um, but I mean, you know, not done a whole lot of anything in the NFL as of yet. Um, so Baker Mayfield will be the guy there and let's, let's hope, uh, for Payne Durham's sake that he can be kind of like the, uh, the safety valve, uh, for a guy like (laughs) Baker Mayfield and, uh, be the one who he looks to when he gets a little pressure on him. So that would be a great position for Payne Durham. Yeah, and I will say Baker Mayfield is like he's a quarterback that always goes with vibes. I when I think of him, I think of he's a vibey quarterback, and Payne Durham kind of has those vibes as well. So I don't that love that. I don't. Push. I don't love that as my franchise quarterback. Is the best thing you can say about him is he has vibes and and goes on vibes. I don't love it, Ryan. Well, it, sometimes it's be it'd be like that. You can't always have <laughs> Tom Brady as your quarterback. I know it's true. You, you as a Bears fan of all people know that. Yeah, I do. You know, hey, bad man's gone out of the Bears division. I'm happy. The the Aaron uh, Rodgers is gone. The the best quarterback in Bears franchise history. Yeah, uh, McMahon, Something. I guess. The it's funky either QB, McMahon, Cutler, or if you're really it's Kyle Orton, Justin Fields. It's Kyle Orton. Yeah, it's Kyle Orton. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's three. Jim Boiler- Harbaugh. <laughs> yeah, three Boilermakers off the board. Who is the fourth? Yep. Yeah, the next pick for Purdue is Corey Trice Jr. out to Pittsburgh in the seventh round, pick 241. All right, heading to Pittsburgh with the Steelers, a team known for defense. Um, That they are. You know, that says something about him, um, that they they believe in him. I I, I don't know much about the current state of the Steelers' uh, defensive backfield, but there's a good coaching staff there and hopefully um, you know, they've done their due diligence. They know who he is and they can work Trice in whether that be in, you know, a nickel or a dime package um, and find his way in the NFL because uh, he's got a lot of talent and real nose for the football. Um, But man, it's, it's, it's tough to find your way 
um, onto the field consistently as a good defensive back, I think. Yeah, and Trice was the second uh, cornerback they took in this draft, the first being Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. Right. So the Steelers have this thing where they always get very athletic cornerbacks, and I think Corey Trice showed that in his combine, that he is lengthy and athletic, and that's something that normally the Steelers are all about. And it usually works. Um, yeah, that's so for sure. That that's that's one of the defenses where you think, okay, someone's gonna go there. They're going to do well in that defense. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I, I'll tell you what, DB or safety is not a position I would ever want to play because <laughs> no one pays attention to you like ninety percent of the time. If you know, if your guy's not open. No one's going to really congratulate you, but you make one mistake, you get burnt one time, suddenly your name's all over everybody's mouth, man. It's like being a goalie in soccer. I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, exactly. It's like all it takes is one mistake, and then you look like you played terrible all game, but that's just not the case. (laughs) Must be tough. Must be tough. (laughs) All right. So there is four. Who is the last Boilermaker drafted, and where are they headed, Ryan? Yeah, so the last one is Jalen Graham. He went in the seventh round, picked 255. I think that was like fourth or fifth to last uh, pick. And he's going to the Bay. He's going to San Francisco to be a 49er. That's right. So Jalen Graham, um, if I'm remembering correctly, did himself no favors at the Combine and Purdue Pro Day. Is that right? He he had a really poor performance. Um, so that could explain why he fell so far in this draft, um, mm-hmm. which was surprising to me that he did so poorly because I thought Jalen Graham was uh, – of these guys that were drafted, I thought honestly he probably had the best chance in my mind to find a place in the NFL and stick around um, because right. he is so talented. But I don't know uh, what happened at the Combine or Purdue's Pro Day for him, um, but it certainly I think hurt his draft stock. But – now mm-hmm. that's all out the window. I mean, you're drafted where you're drafted, and you just hope he can, you know, find the form he found at Purdue before the kind of the injury hit him. And he he is incredibly talented, and I think if given the right opportunity, he can find and stick on a roster. Yeah, and that's another defense where you go to, and it's pretty pretty nice to go to. San Francisco through the years has had a very uh, very useful defense. Um, I know Kyle Shanahan is more of an offensive coach, but coming into this, um, it should be a good fit for him. Again, they like, I mean, every NFL team likes athletes, but some just have a better knack at finding them and putting them to use um, on defense. And San Francisco is one of those teams. It's not like they always choose the most bruising players, but they definitely choose players who will make an impact. So if by nothing else, if that's what they see in Jalen Graham, then that's fantastic. His pro date, it's going to really reduce his check size at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. Um, but by all means, if he has the talent, which we all think he does watching him play at Purdue, he's going to find a spot on one of these teams. Yeah. This is where your talent will come through and um, the measurables are less impactful. Yeah. Yeah, and you hope 
whatever amount it cost him on that first rookie contract, you hope he can make it up with the second contract that he can go out there mm-hmm. and prove, you know, hey, I'm better than what I did on this one day where everyone was poking and prodding me. Um, so you hope he's just he can show he's better than that. He can find himself a spot uh, in San Francisco and uh, work toward that second contract, which is where he could make a whole lot of money. Um, so mm-hmm. there we go. Uh, there we go. Five Boilermakers drafted. Great day for Purdue, most in the draft since 2004. Um, overall, just, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of these guys have found themselves in pretty good spots. And now, you know, the hard work really begins as they head to camp, go to rookie camp, you know, get a- accumulated, get their playbooks, and football becomes their, not only just their life, but their jobs now. Um, mm-hmm. And in the NFL, as in every pro sport, you know, so much. Um, of what you do comes back to how much effort and how much you know study you put into it and you hope these guys uh, who have shown so much at Purdue can really go out there put their nose to the grindstone and come out um, with some some good stats their fresh or freshman their rookie years um, <laughs> and find a way to stick in the league because we need more boilermakers in the league um, I should also note there was another Boilermaker who was signed undrafted. Okay. It was Reese Taylor. He was signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. So there you go. For the moment, he is teammates with George Karlaftis. Good, good. I'll tell you, it's there's something to be said about if you're going to be picked at like the bottom of the draft, there's almost something to be said about being an undrafted um, you mm-hmm. know, free agent. Because then at least you get a little bit of choice where you're going to go. Um, right. But, you know, you'd rather have the guarantee of, of getting your name called. Um, yeah. Because if you're an undrafted free agent, that phone just might not ring. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you just – they got to find a spot and hopefully he can he can hang on in Kansas City or show something there that, that um, another GM likes and he can find a spot in the NFL. It's a, it's a tough business out there, but – now we've got five Boilermakers drafted, at least one more signed as a free agent. So love getting those guys in the league, and, and let's hope they stick. So there we go. There's the draft. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back, talk to you about the transfer portal, which, as of now, still open <laughs> for three hours and 15 minutes. So we'll see what happens after that. We'll be right back with yep. you. All right, and we are back. So transfer portal, it giveth and taketh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, there's over three hours left in the transfer portal window, so these names uh, and numbers are not final. Um, but right now, Purdue has had quite a few uh, departures. Um, yep. Not not Colorado level departures, <laughs> uh, but we're certainly getting uh, getting up there in numbers. But before yes. we get into um, who is leaving us, Ryan, can you take a look at some of the portal additions? Um, and tell mm-hmm. me names that stick out to you. Um, we don't need to mention Hudson Card because obviously uh, we've already uh, talked <laughs> about him in the past. Uh, he came in from Texas, yes. um, and he's currently slated as the number one quarterback. But uh, of all the guys that have, have come in for uh, Purdue so far this year, um, who else sticks out for you? Yeah, I would say the three names that stick out the biggest to me are um, probably Marquise Wilson out of Penn State. I mean, obviously, if you're taken, uh, if you're signed by Penn State, you've got to be a good player. Um, so him coming over to us, and he's a quarterback, a we nice should position. say. 
Yeah, cornerback. Yep. So the other two names that really stick out to me are uh, Anthony Brown from Arkansas. Um, I know he had a little bit of off-field issues, right. but uh, we could always have another Anthony Brown at Purdue. That's right. They That's usually right. The last one worked out, out pretty, pretty well. well. Played for the Cowboys yeah. for quite a few years, too. Mm-hmm. For sure. Still on the NFL roster, I believe. And then the other one is Jeffrey Mba. He's a newer signing, signed just five days ago uh, on a Auburn. He's a defensive end, um, so he, really... And he is a big, big boy. Yes, yes, he is. But for all that size, he's still pretty quick. Yeah. So, I mean, we all know the SEC. They have them athletes down Well, there, we so. know a lot about Auburn, too. Yeah, so... <laughs> Not good things. That's going to be... I think he'll be a very impactful player for Purdue, and that's something really Purdue hasn't had too much of since Carlaftis left. Right. Th- that outside rush presence. Yeah, yeah it's been so really lacking. It's always important. So. Yeah, and, um, we, and I, I want to mention you said Anthony Brown coming over from Arkansas. He is a safety. Mm-hmm. Um, so two right. of the three guys you mentioned, both in the defensive backfield, which has really been a problem for Purdue. Um, you know, we, we can't seem to get – a consistent set of corners and safeties. Um, mm-hmm. We we seem to get picked on at at least one of those positions and get the same guy picked on over and over again, and that certainly wears on you as a fan. Yep, and you can definitely tell that um, Ryan Walters is definitely going after defensive players. He oh, yeah. wants defensive playmakers. Of the 11 additions so far through the portal, um Seven of them are on defense, so it's definitely going to make an impact. Yeah. Whether or not all of these players play, that's to be determined. But, I mean, having that depth is so important in college. Yeah. Yeah, so and I mean— definitely makes a big difference. You know, you're looking at the guys who come in, and I, I can't pretend to be an expert on all of them, but you just look at the schools they're coming in from. And to your point earlier about Mar- uh, Marquise Wilson, you know, when you've signed to Penn State, you've got some talent. Um, yep. you may not have utilized it. You, you maybe, you know, one reason or another you're, you're leaving. Um, but there, it, it's undeniable that you're a talented player because Penn state is a good program. Um, so you look at where these guys that Purdue is getting are coming from. Um, we've got two guys from Arkansas, a guy from Auburn, uh, a guy from Stanford, which, you know, Stanford, not a powerhouse, but you got to at least have, have some smarts if you're going to, uh, Stanford. <laughs> um, and you know, you've got, a guy from Missouri, so the, you know the SEC. Uh, so Texas, we got of course Hudson Card from Texas. So we're getting guys from schools who have good pedigrees uh, for bringing in talent. Um, so that to me is a good sign. Whereas you know I can't necessarily look at Jay, um, you know Daniel Hawthorne, the long snapper uh, from Missouri, and I'm like, well, of course they have a history uh, of great long snappers, but you know you just you're like. He's coming from Missouri. You've got Jeffrey Mbaugh coming from Auburn. Um, Isaiah Nichols, defensive tackle from Arkansas. You're like, okay, these guys came from Arkansas. Um, you got to assume there's some talent there. The same with Anthony Brown. So um, mm-hmm. I'm really excited about what, what can happen with these guys um, and see if any more come in in the next few hours. Um, I know there's some loopholes where you can continue to recruit them if they're in the portal uh, going forward. I it's all a blur to me, to be honest. It changes so often, but um, I think right. you mentioned you highlighted some really important guys um, trying to shore up that defensive backfield. Is it going to be a huge key for this Purdue squad? So, um, players in the portal for Purdue, 
Um, yep. If my if my numbers are accurate here, uh, Purdue has had twenty one players enter the transfer portal. I believe that's correct, and so far nine of them have found a landing spot. So you can definitely come back out of the portal. That is something we should mention. Yes, but um, you know, nine nine guys have found a new home, and there's some pretty big names on that list. Yeah. So. Some of the major ones, we have Branson Dean going to Miami. We have Lawrence Johnson going to Auburn. So, as you said, the portal giveth and taketh from yeah. Auburn. Yep. Um, we have Kobe Lewis going to Florida Atlantic. Eric Miller following Jeff Brom to Louisville. And a few others. Spencer Holstead is going to UCLA. Uh, Sione Finau is going to Arizona State. Greg Hudgens is going to Charlotte. And lastly, uh, two more. Jack Sullivan going to USC. And Ricky Smith, who has not played a snap at Purdue, but he is going to Middle Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there, there are definitely some names who you would like to not see in there. Um, yeah. you, you know, Branson Dean is is one. Uh, King Doru. Uh, yeah. yeah, King Doru. We lost three running backs. Um, mm-hmm. so that's a little hard on the depth, but, um, we, we hope we can, you know, work with what we've got. Obviously, um, Devin Mockaby should hope she, you know, carry most of the load at the running back position, but you always want to have depth because you just never know, um, with health and everything else. College football is a, is a tough sport. So, um, Jack Sullivan, of course, like you said, another one. Um, and I'm, I'm a little, little worried, uh, about the offensive line now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned uh, Eric Miller um, heading to Louisville. He was an offensive tackle. Um, we've got Spencer Holstead going to UCLA. He was a guard. Um, Finau going to Arizona State, another guard. So we're losing losing a lot of guys in the offensive line, uh, and I just hope who we're bringing in and who we're developing can, can fill those holes. Um, and the quarterback position is also a worry with both Brady Allen and um, Alimo both yeah. – uh, heading out the door, so now a lot, a lot of weight falls on Hudson Card's shoulders um, mm-hmm. to be everything we need him to be. Because behind him, uh, not a lot of experience. Yes, and this is the second time Brady Allen has entered the portal. Yeah, and I would imagine he's staying this time. I, I can't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want him back at this point. <laughs> like, not like that's speaking me as a fan, but also if I'm Ryan Walters and a guy goes into the portal. You convince him to come back, and then you know a month and a half later he leaves again to the portal. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, just go. Like, <laughs> I get. On the one hand, I get it because he wanted to see what the new offense would be, what the new coaching staff would be. But right. like, you can do that via a conversation. You didn't need to come back for an entire spring. Yeah. See, and another position group that is somewhat worrisome is Purdue is losing three players out. Of or four players in the secondary, yeah. uh, a couple names just decided to transfer. Well, three different cornerbacks just decided to transfer in Jordan Buchanan, Brandon Calloway, and T. Denson. All within the last three days have entered the portal. Yeah, and then add that to um, Ricky Smith as well. He's just defensive back, so he can play safety as well. But that's. That's really where, why I imagine Ryan Walters is trying to hit so hard on the defensive end. Yeah. Um, because 
you know, it's it's a pretty solid exchange when it comes to that. But these players, you don't know if Ryan Walters, we mentioned this before, if he's bringing in higher talent than what we're used to. You know, these guys may not have a role anymore, and the transfer portal lets them find something to play somewhere else. So yeah, I definitely get it. I understand everyone has their reason and none of them are the same. Like there's so many different reasons to enter the transfer portal, but these players, it's the unfortunate um, consequence of the transfer portal is you get attached to these players. They go and they need to go, but I mean, it's what's best for the athletes. Yeah. 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 It's, I think I wrote about this in the, in the round table we posted yesterday about the transfer portal in general. I love it as someone who really thinks the players deserve more. Um, You know, they've been locked into positions for so long where the coach can leave anytime and there's no harm on the coach, but a player leaves, you know, and suddenly they got to sit out a year, waste a year of their time before they can play. So I love that the players have more power, but yeah, as as just a fan of your team, it's very difficult because you're watching these guys come in you're really excited for them, and then they leave um, either right as they're getting good or you never even got to see them have a chance. And so it's hard to get attached uh, as much to these players these days because you, you just never know um, how long they're going to stick around. But overall, I really hope these uh, additions outweigh the subtractions. Um, there's still a few hours left here, so we'll see if anything else changes. But that's kind of where things stand right now. So um, – Ryan, anything um, else you want to mention about anybody coming or going in the transfer portal? Um, I think it's also kind of an important distinction that several of these players that are leaving are grad transfers. Yeah. So, um, for example, Jack Sullivan, Eric Miller, Kobe Lewis, Lawrence Johnson, Spencer Holstedge, and Branson Dean, and Kyle Billadu. I think I pronounced that correctly. Yeah, I think correct. it's never, Yeah, I've never been able to pronounce that correctly. But all of those are graduate transfers. So Yeah, and those are pretty much like no offense to Billado. The main hitters. Yeah, those are the guys I those are guys minus Billado who I would love to stay. Uh and they're mm-hmm. the ones leaving. So that what that's that is what hurts. So I guess in in a way that's not the transfer portal's fault because they are grad transfers. Mhm. For sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as you said, it giveth and it taketh, and no matter what, it still hurts. Yeah, yep. So uh, (laughs) that's where we stand right now. Um, We'll keep paying attention to this, and and should Purdue grab any big names, uh, we will certainly keep you updated. But that is going to be all for us this week for Ryan and myself. Thanks so much for joining us. Boiler up. Hammer down. Hammer down.